I fail more than I'm comfortable with. I'm a fairly talented guy. I'm a definitely a hardworking guy. And I tend to set the bar high. And as such, I, I fail quite a bit. In fact, failure has been and will continue to be a regular part of my life. I miss deadlines. I disappoint people. I forget important things. I forget important dates. I fail. Perhaps you've experienced failure once or twice as well. Over the years, we've all been around others who have failed. And what we see is some people fail well and others we fail poorly. Sometimes I fail well. Sometimes I fail poorly. I love the way that the, the Passion Translation, which uh, Donnie Lane introduced me to that, um, I love the way that it conveys Psalm 37, 23 through 24. So I'm going to read that now and we'll put it on the screen behind me. The steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. You guys might know this. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God, right? So this is the same verse. The steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. And God delights in every step they take to follow Him. If they stumble badly, they will still survive. For the Lord lifts them up with His hands. This scripture talks about the steps of a righteous person are ordered by God and that immediately it talks about what? When they fall. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. When they fall. So what does this tell us? I'll tell you what it tells me is that in the ordering and in the wisdom and in the knowledge of God, in His wisdom that far surpasses ours, Failure is part of the journey. Think about the amazing lessons we've learned as a result of failure. Think about the incredible things we've learned that if we had not experienced failure of some sort, the mistakes we've made, and that if we hadn't made them, we wouldn't have learned. I think a lot of times when it comes to failure, we, we have the wrong way of looking at it. And I think the enemy uses it big time. Big time. I think we have this, this level of perfection that, that either we hold ourselves to or that the enemy has conned us into holding ourselves to. And even that we've held others to, and I do, the enemy has conned us and tricked us into holding others to. And it's been used as this thing of tearing down instead of building up. When we fall, this passage tells me that it won't be this face plant of death. That when we are falling hard, the Lord is there to guide us up and say, get back in the race. You can do this. Come on, I'm here. His hand is there. He guides, he grows, he strengthens, he lifts. So since we're going to 
fail. Since we're going to make mistakes, don't you want to know how to fail well? So here are five steps that will help you to fail well. Step number one, perspective. When we fail, this isn't the time to overreact. Treat your failure like it's the end of the world. Don't treat your failure like it's the end of anything. Have the right attitude about failure. It's like a funny thing to say. Have the right attitude about failure. See failure in the correct perspective. Now for me, and I imagine for all of us, this is what that means to me. See, right now, as I'm standing here, I've got, this is my perspective. This is the angle I'm looking at. I get to see all of you. I can make eye contact with everyone in the room. Your perspective is sitting there. It's very unique unique to where you are. You can see me, but maybe you're seeing someone's head or you can't see everyone. You know, we all have perspectives. When we fail, we need to climb up into the lap of the Lord so that we can see things from his perspective. So that we can see that mistake, that failure from his perspective. See, from his perspective, there's redemption. His perspective, there's renewal. His perspective, there's revival. His perspective, there is newness of life. See, his perspective, it's never the end-all be-all. Even death was not the end-all be-all. His perspective, there's life. Our perspective, it's hit or miss. It depends on, on how big of a failure it is. It depends on the mood we're in at the time. It depends on the other contributors in our life. I mean, we, we don't know. There's, have you ever just lost your mess over the smallest failure? Just because it was like that final straw, right? It was like, this too? This also? And you're just like... Man, you just put a penny in the mall machine and it took your penny. It, it's not a big deal. But it was, I mean, at that moment. Perspective. Often mistakes and failures are built up in our souls to be larger than they really are. When we fail, it's a great time to choose the right attitude. In fact, before failure even happens, and friends, this is a good thing to teach our kids. Before failure even happens, we must understand that failure is a part of life. I don't want anyone sitting out there to have some like uber religious mindset and says, you know, rebuke that in Jesus' name, Mark. We don't have to fail. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We stumble. We fall. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. Failure is a part of life. What do we do with it? Do we run up into his lap and say, Daddy, would you be the fixer? Or do we take that weight upon ourselves and say, No, I'll fix this. I can fix this. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. We all make mistakes and none of us are perfect. And that includes you. So here's, here's what we should do. We ask Jesus, Jesus, would you allow me to see this as you see it? 
Would you you cause me to see this failure as you see it? Um, We're going into foreclosure. We're going to lose our house. Lord, would you cause me to see this failure as you see it? My job, I got fired. Lord, would you cause me to see this failure as you see it? I was in a hurry and I was speeding and I wasn't paying attention and I backed into that pole in the middle of the parking lot. Lord, would you cause me to see this failure as you see it? I was carrying heaviness and and my kid came to me and and I snapped at them and yelled at them. Lord, would you cause me to see this failure as you see it? And I will say this, in the midst of failure, there's always opportunity. But, but if we don't sit there and, and hop into the lap of our Heavenly Father and ask Jesus, Jesus, would you help me to see this as you see it? Then, then the weight of failure can be more than we can bear. I have a few quotes for us. Failure is so important. So by the way, this is J.K. Rowling. This is author J.K. Rowling. Failure is so important. We speak about success all the time. It is the ability to resist failure or use failure that often leads to greater success. Robert T. Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, had this to say. Winners are not afraid of losing, but losers are. Failure is a part of the process of success. People who avoid failure also avoid success. And then Chris Hardwick, you might not know who he is. He's like a TV personality. He has a TV show called Talking Dead, where after every episode of The Walking Dead, he he talks about the TV show. And he has like several shows like that. And this this is kind of like a self-made TV and internet guy. And he has this amazing quote. He said, no human ever became interesting by not failing. The more you fail and recover and improve, the better you are as a person. Ever meet someone who's always had everything out for them with zero struggle? They usually have the depth of a puddle or they don't exist. What's our perspective on failure? How do we look at it? How do we allow our actions to proceed based on that perspective? Number two, penitence. I've got alliteration going on today. We're going with the the P family, the P words. Penitence. Ask for forgiveness quickly. With God or with others. Ask for forgiveness quickly. Quickly. Asking for forgiveness requires us to admit that we made a mistake. And for many, that's the hardest part. There was a TV show that I grew up with. Many of us might have grown up with it, or maybe you were already grown when Happy Days was on the air. I don't know. But Happy Days was an awesome show. And the Fonz was the coolest character. And when he'd make a mistake, he couldn't say, I'm sorry. I'm I'm He couldn't say I'm sorry. And for many of us, it's the same way. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I said this and I shouldn't have. I did this and I shouldn't have. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. 
Will you forgive me? As people, I, I, then there's, there's not many words that are more soothing to our soul than someone saying, I'm sorry. There's times I've had to say, Man, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, was talking, I was talking trash about you. I got frustrated and I just let my mouth fly. And next thing you know, I'm talking bad about you. And I'm sorry, it was stupid and thoughtless. And I feel this small, but I just wanted to be honest with you. I'm sorry, I was wrong. And you know what? Freedom. You know what's heavy? It's hoping that no one ever finds out about that. It's hiding that secret and hoping they never find out. Which they usually find out. As a parent, there's very few words we could say to our kids that are more powerful than, I was wrong. Daddy was wrong. I shouldn't have spoken that way. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? When we go to the Lord, it's the same thing. He knows what we did already, but the power of going, Lord, I, I did this and I'm sorry. And I, was, I was wrong. Lord, I know you're all forgiving, but Lord, I repent of this. Would you just let me, would you reassure me that I'm forgiven? I mean, just dialogue with our, with our Father. Penitence. Jeremiah 8, 4 and 5 says this. Jeremiah, say to the people, this is what the Lord says. When people fall down, don't they get up again? When they discover they're on the wrong road, don't they turn back? Why then do these people stay on their self-destructive path? Why do the people of Jerusalem refuse to turn back? They cling tightly to their lies and will not turn around. Uh-oh. How many times do we, do we only plant our feet and, and we're determined and we stay the path and it's the wrong path? I'm, I'm not going to fail. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see this through to the end. When the Lord's like, what I'm asking you to do is to give it to me and to trust me with the results, even if that is failure. John Wooden said this, failure isn't fatal, but failure to change might be. You guys, people are more apt to forgive when we're proactive at sharing the mistake rather than trying to hide it and not be found out. The jig is up. We've been caught. Run! There is no condemnation, therefore, for those who are in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean that that we get to just keep on going about that course. There's got to be that turning. Own it. Everyone repeat after me. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say, I'm sorry. Just repeat after me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, blew it. I blew it. I was wrong. I Kim was more wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's such power in saying, I was wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. James 4, 6 says this. But God gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Step number three. 
pour over. Pour over. Put it on the table and look at it and learn something from failure. Learning from the failure is key to the growth process. It's key. Invite Jesus to this meeting where you pour it over. Invite Jesus to this meeting where you just lay it on the table and say, I want to learn from this mistake. I don't want to, I don't want to repeat this mistake. I want to learn from this. And Lord Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me into the truth of how not to just make, keep making this. I need your truth in order to break the cycle. So invite the Lord to join us in this meeting and then ask him and yourself questions like this. Why did I fail? What could I have done differently? What information or knowledge or skill was I missing that led to the mistake or the failure? What will I change in order to decrease the likelihood that I make the same mistake again? How can I avoid failure when I am in this same situation? And here's the honest truth, guys. There's sometimes after this honest introspective. Is it still introspective if you're inviting Jesus to it? What does it become then? Then it's not it's not introspective anymore, right? Extrospective, extrospective. This extrospective meeting with the Lord. There's times that we've laid it all out there and we've looked at it and we've asked these sort of questions. And there are times when the honest truth is this failure. It's it's not on me. I mean, there's just nothing I could have done. There's nothing else I could have done. That is the truth. I think it's the rarity, but that is the truth. But here's the key, guys. The inviting Jesus to that meeting, that's the key. See, it's not just us doing it on our own. It's not just examining our failures, because that can get heavy too. Now, next thing you know, the enemy's like trying to beat us up over this failure. When if we got Jesus at this meeting, the enemy, enemy... He ain't coming in doing that. Jesus is sitting there just shaking his head, giving him the look like, I dare you. I dare you, sucker. And in this meeting, look, Jesus, stop. Be silent. And listen. It's not enough that we ask Jesus good questions. We got to stop and be silent and listen. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. That's what the Bible says. But but I wholeheartedly believe that, that we're not adding to Scripture when we say in his presence, there's fullness of peace. In his presence, there's fullness of love. In his presence, there's fullness of wisdom. All that we need can be found in his presence. The strength we need, the wisdom we need. So in this meeting with him, make sure that there's silence. Henry Ford had this to say about failure. He said, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. God had this to say about failure in Psalm 119. 66 and 67 and then I'll jump up to to verse 71 I believe in your commands now teach me good judgment and knowledge 
I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. Verse 71, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. And aren't those like healing words? If we'll run to Jesus, where that the suffering was not for nothing. The suffering wasn't for naught. That because of the incredible, loving, wise, brilliant nature of our God, He, as Romans 8.28 says, turns all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Let's learn from these mistakes. Take a fair amount of time to pour over the failure and what led to it and then move on. Move to step four, which is push aside and press on. Push it aside and press on. When you're done analyzing it, when you're done pouring it over, push it aside. Leave it behind and press on. Forget about it. Forget about it. We're never going to entirely forget about it. I mean, and, and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay as a, as a reminder of, uh, I, I, this all seems familiar to me. I remember I was on this path before and I remember the mistake I made and I remember what the Holy Spirit told me. Uh-uh, I'm not doing that again. Uh-uh, I'm doing this. It's all too easy to obsess over our mistakes and our failures. So pushing it aside, maybe it doesn't mean that we completely forget about it, but it does mean that we're not going to allow it to occupy space in our mind anymore. We're not going to allow it to occupy space in our soul and in our emotions anymore. We had that time with the Lord of, of pouring it over and now we're pushing it aside and we're moving on. Pushing aside failure will help you to maintain your confidence and continue to do what God has empowered you to do with excellence. Beating ourselves up for the mistake. Allow it to have power over us. Feeling sorry for ourselves it can paralyze us from future it can take us out of the game which I truly believe is what the enemy wants to take us out of the game we're not supposed to be paralyzed whether we stay in this place of saying I've blown it and, and now I've disqualified myself and now I've I'll never, I mean, if you ever lost a significant amount of money, I know people that have lost tens of thousands of dollars, you know, in, in, in the market or in, in a business or an investment to go, oh, I, tried, I failed. I can't do that again. Really? I mean, maybe, maybe you're not supposed to, but unless it's what Jesus said, don't make that judgment yourself. You don't sit in the place of judgment. I don't sit in the place of judgment. I, I ask the Lord about every decision. I don't ask him about what I should have for breakfast. You know, if I want pancakes, then pancakes it is. If I want to start a business, and if, if I failed before, 
Then I go to the Lord and say, Lord, is this you? I've failed. I've, I've had two business. I started Ascension Marketing and Design, failed. I started Harper Design, failed. And when I say failed, like, like we never made, like, we always made bad money. It was, it was horrible. We just never made much. We, it was, I had to have a job at Blockbuster Video just to make the ends meet. So I failed. Blockbuster Video doesn't even exist anymore now unless you Captain Marvel. You know, you'll... I failed. I failed in two businesses and the Lord said, start this other business. And it succeeded. And you know what's interesting? Then the Lord said, plant impact church. The failure, I learned from the failures. Take power over failure in the name of Jesus because you have that authority. You have that power. Take power over failure in the name of Jesus and push it aside. And I give you permission in the, in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ to push hard, to shove hard and press on. Johnny Cash had this quote. You build on failure. You build on failure. You use it as a stepping stone. Close the door on the past. You don't try to forget the mistakes, but you don't dwell on it. You don't let it have any of your energy or any of your time or any of your space. Here's what Jesus has in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Push aside and we press on. Step five. Persist. Prevail. Persevere. Persist. Prevail. Persevere. Try again. Get up off the ground. Get back in the game. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't begin to think that you're no longer the right person for the task. Don't don't begin to think, you know, uh, I squandered this opportunity and now I'm no longer qualified. You know, the prodigal son battled some of that. He was like, I totally honored my father, asked for his inheritance while he's alive, which is the epitome of dishonor said, I no longer want to be in your house. I no longer want to follow your way. And the story that Jesus was telling about the prodigal, it's, we can relate to this. And then that son left, went and squandered his entire inheritance and lived in debauchery, just lived in just sinful living. Then he was desolate. Then he was alone. Then he was filthy and impure failure, right? Failure, failure. Across everything he did. Yep. Failure, failure, failure. What did, what did he do? Got up and headed back home. Got up, headed back to his father. See, 
The only failure that I pro- that can't be overcome is if we just quit. If we quit, if we quit living, if we quit believing, if we quit trusting, if we quit. Instead, persist, prevail, and persevere. Move forward and do something great. I love movies. I'm a movie guy. And most movies, I mean, maybe every movie, I don't know, but there's three acts to a movie. And most movies follow the formula. The, the hero fails or experiences loss. In the 80s, there was a musical montage. The, the heroes get back on their feet and learn and train and they get maybe like a mentor or they get someone kick them in the pants going, come on, get back in the fight. And then act three. The hero sees restoration. The hero sees redemption. Don't quit. Galatians 6, 9 says this, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. James 1, 12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. I love this quote. Calvin Coolidge was the 30th president of the United States. He had this quote. Nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent were not. Talent will not. Nothing more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Persistence. There's power in persistence. After pushing failure aside, move on. We should have short memory. Short-term memory of, of those things where that our passion gets built up again and we press on with confidence. Listen to this wise advice that Solomon gives. And I've got to read the very beginning of Proverbs because like Solomon, Solomon breaks it down like this. Proverbs 1, 1 through 4. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose... And, and God's words over us, their purpose is to teach wisdom and teach people discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right and just and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. So now, knowing what these Proverbs are for, Proverbs 24, 15, and 16. Don't wait in ambush at the... This is, this is really cool. Don't wait in ambush at the home of the godly. And don't raid the house where the godly live. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Now, I don't know why Solomon feels the need to wisdom and admonition. Hey, don't mess with the godly. I don't know why he feels the need 
to go there. But he does. And here's why. He's like, don't mess with God's people. Because if they get knocked down, they get up again and again and again and again and again and again and again. It says, you know, he falls, he gets up seven times. We've got to be that tenacious people of God that when we get knocked down, we get back up and we get back in the fight again and again and again and again again and again and again and again and again. And we just, we look to him again and again and again. Winston Churchill said this, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. The courage to continue that counts. I'm going to read Joshua 1, 6-9, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to close. The Bible tells me that, that one of my responsibilities as pastor is to equip the saints to work of the ministry. Now, I pray that this message resonates with hearts and it encourages you. And if you have allowed failure to have the power over you, then I pray that it is broken today. And I pray that, that this message hits you right where you are and empowers you to walk in success and to see it in perspective and, and to repent and to be penitent and to push aside and to press on and to prevail. But as part of my job as pastor to equip the church for the work of ministry, friends, we've got to be locked and loaded with this message when people around us fail and they need a godly voice of wisdom to point them to Him and that we get to share this message of failing well. Of failing well. Joshua 1, 6-9 Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not part from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When it comes to our souls, failure is one of those things that has power if we don't proactively bring it to the light of our incredible God and say, I failed. I've made mistakes. Would you help me to see it as you see it? And then would you help me see the way to go?